The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Matt Liner and you're listening to Reign of Troy Radio. Reign of Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Get Michael Castillo on the phone. <laughs> Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Oh, I can't believe USB is 5 and 7 and not going to a ball. Oh, all right, Trojan fans, turn up the volume. It's time for Reign of Troy Radio. Here's your host, Michael Castillo. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio. This is a car cast after USC's 35-31 win over the Colorado Buffaloes in Boulder. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-host, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello, Alicia. This is a true car cast. We are in a car. We are very much in a car in a Wendy's parking lot. There's a Wendy's, a Subway, a Taco Bell. I don't know where the hell in Colorado we are. I see a grease monkey. Grease, yeah. A, a, a little clinic. There's a place that's called the Little Clinic. Yeah. We're, a Starbucks. We're right in it. We're, we're, all, we're all there. We just ate Wendy's. This is a car cast in a car, which means our this friend- This podcast brought to you by Son of Baconator. Not really, but... Not really, because they're not paying us I for mean, that, if they want to pay us, they I can mean, pay us. That's fine. Right of Troy at fanside.com, Wendy's, hit us up. Uh, but uh, our friend Keelior is going to be so, so happy that this is recorded in a car. It is a true car cast. Authentic car cast. She's, yes. She's going to be really happy until she finds out that uh, we broke a promise and have already discussed the game Yeah, on the drive to the Wendy's. <laughs> well... What is there left to talk about, really? I mean, as I've as I've told some people already, my mother always told me, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. So I think that's the end of this car cast. All right, that's going to wrap ya. it up. We will see you guys later. We've got a flight to catch. Until then, see ya. See ya. All right, really, let's talk about this game. <laughs> uh, I put on Twitter, uh, and I wrote this on com. USC won a game that they simultaneously had no business winning and no business losing. 
Uh, no business winning in the sense that, well, first of all, no business losing for all the reasons we talked about in the preview. No Colorado's football bad. reasons. There was no football reasons to lose this game, right? Colorado's bad. They're 129th uh, defensively in, in yards per play. Uh, they were 130th and something else. They were 126th and something else. Th- their defense was atrocious in every metric possible, and there was no reason why SC, at worst, we talked about worst-case scenario, it turns into a shootout, but the offense is definitely going to, to score points. It's kind of what happened tonight, but, 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 they end up falling behind by 10 points multiple times in this game, and so they had no business losing this game because of all the advantages they had coming in, they're more talented, uh, Colorado had looked atrocious the last two weeks, but then they had no business winning this game when they go down by 10 and they played so poorly defensively, Colorado outgained SC in this game with 500 and... Was it 582 yards? Whatever it was. Too many. Insane. Steven Montez, you know, we've talked about good Steven Montez, bad Steven Montez. He was good for the first five games, atrocious for the last two. This was more early season Montez. He looked really good. And SC kind of helped him look really good, too. It it was both things. I I don't think it was just USC playing poorly on defense. I think it was Colorado finally came to play. This was the LaVisca Chenault that we saw last year and that we expected all offseason to see this year he looked really good SC also couldn't cover him to save their life and they end up in a situation where they're down by 10 and they had no business winning this game and yet they do because in the fourth quarter everything kind of falls SC's way uh they recover fumbles um there's uh Montez comes out he comes back in uh Colorado's held at only 2.6 yards per play and Keaton Slovis leads two great touchdown drives capped off with touchdown passes of 44 and 37 yards to Michael Pittman. The last one winning the game in spectacular fashion with two minutes, 12 seconds left to go. He catches the ball uh, on a little slant and just keeps going and runs all the way to the pylon, gets in, USC wins 35-31. What is my nickname tonight, Michael? Oh, we've decided you are Gloomy Gus. Yeah. Like Gloomy Gus Henderson, yeah. USC's uh, football coach, the first football coach to take USC to a Rose Bowl. Yeah. Um, okay. Before I talk about this game, I need to preface everything that I say in this car cast under the umbrella of uh, everything around this football game kind of sucked for me. So I'm in a bad mood, and I watched this <laughs> game in a bad mood. All right, look, and that might get, color things. Look, okay, let's let's talk about why let's, it sucked. Let's run for you. through this. On Thursday right. night, I was bending over to pick something up or something while I was getting ready to go to this game, and I pulled something in my lower back. So my back has been hurting all day. It's been day to day. I've been day to day. Um, I've been day to day for other health reason, reasons that have been less than uh, enjoyable. Uh. Woke up very, very early on Friday morning to get uh, into a, uh, in, to go on a plane. And, oh my God. They're just playing. Are they? Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, are they about to brawl? <laughs> okay. 
Jesus. We're just going to keep rolling. We're just going to roll. Because, the, so th- there's these two cars. This is what happens when you record in <laughs> random parking lots at 1 a.m. So there's there's these two cars, and they're, they're, there must be teenagers. I mean, when they first pulled up, they're like, I don't know, maybe 150 feet away. And we're like, are they yelling at each other? Or are they friends or whatever? So just now, a girl gets out of one car, and a guy gets out of the other one, uh, and... They go and they start like play fighting in in the parking lot. I like, thought they were, just, they were like, about to brawl. I thought there was about no, to be just, a brawl. No, they, they were <laughs> That's joking. Why I stopped. Okay, well that was more interesting than anything happened on the football field tonight. <laughs> All right, back to my complaining. Gear up, guys. Um, okay, so I'm already not feeling well. Um, I'm already. They've, they've left, by the way. They, they just they, drove they away. Literally just they just got... drove away, and they gave us like they were looking at us like, "What the heck are those people doing in like, that car? Why do they have a laptop and, and microphones?" Uh, yeah, weird. We are weirdos. Um, okay, so I was already tired, and then uh, we get to the game, and Colorado um, has a very old stadium, and one of the features of that old stadium is uh, the press box has a men's restroom. It does not have a women's restroom. So that was already slightly inconvenient for me. Uh, I get down onto the field, and Colorado's field, the, what would we call that? Like, USC has, like, the tra- the warning track kind of right. gap between the field and the people. Um, Colorado does not. It, Folsom Field is like Wrigley Field. So, like... The- in, in the sense that it's very intimate along the sidelines, to the point, like the the benches are literally are up against the sideline, are up against the wall. Yes. So if so, you're sitting in the front row, you literally look down at where the players are on the bench, uh, like beneath you. Right. Okay. So what so is you, that? You can't walk behind them. Here's a little, a little. Uh, in case you don't know the the logistics of being a photographer on the field, um, the game goes by fast, and you need to be in. You have basically between the goal line and well, the end zones and the twenty yard line. Where you have space for you to, to to take your pictures, right? So that means that you often are flipping the field quickly, because as the team is moving down the field, when you're at one twenty yard line, you have access to them. But then once they cross midfield, you need to get around to the other side. So at the Coliseum, what does that mean? I'm at the twenty, taking pictures. USC crosses midfield. Bam! I sprint down to the other sideline, set up, and I'm in position. Usually, I, I in, in between the. 10 seconds that happened in between plays, I can sprint down. Colorado doesn't have room behind the benches to run or to walk or do anything. You have to go up into the stands, cross in front of the crowd of people that is all standing in the aisle there, and uh, navigate steps and then get down. Which means that uh, I missed two touchdowns today. Uh, I was wi- I was winded because altitude... I was dying. Um, also, it was cold. There was melted snow all over the ground. Uh, when I kneeled to take my pictures, my pants got all icy wet water on them. Some point, at some point, my shoes got inundated with icy wet water. So my socks got inundated with white, icy wet water. So my f- toes were freezing off. Um, but you just ate a baconator, so. Oh, this is true. Okay, so all of this is to just say. Just saying. All of this is to say, 
Oh, and on top of that, my cell phone wasn't connecting to the internet. So I was completely disconnected. I could barely send text messages to you, Michael. I was disconnected from Twitter. Everyone knows how addicted I am to Twitter. So it was very disconcerting to me that I couldn't access Twitter and, and be active in the discussions, couldn't be on the Slack, anything like that. So so all of that complaining aside, I know that was all annoying, but that is the, the, the uh, preface to everything that I say. Because I watched that game and I did not enjoy a single second of it. Not a single second of it. I didn't get to enjoy Amon Ross St. Brown's first touchdown because I didn't get to see it. You didn't get to enjoy Ralphie running. I didn't get to enjoy Ralphie running because Ralphie didn't run. I didn't get to enjoy Bessie Tyler. didn't run either, so. Well, this is true. I, I didn't get to enjoy Tyler Vons' uh, a pirouette touchdown because I was going down a flight of stairs. Um... I didn't enjoy Michael Pittman's heroics in the end because by then I was so pissed off about USC allowing a bad Colorado team who they had no football reasons to even be in a close game with uh, to, to, to not just stick around but to dominate them for three quarters. Um, I was all I, I was by then I was pissed because USC did, the, did that USC thing where basically they are flat out mediocre. And then they manage, because they have talent, to pull one out. And then all of a sudden, we're supposed to walk into the interviews with with everybody and act like they did something good and act like they did something worthy of praise and act like, oh, celebrate everyone. USC won their first road game. They, It's the end of October. It's the end of October, and USC is celebrating their first road win. They are celebrating their first road win when they beat a bad Colorado team. They scored 35 points on a Colorado team that ranks 150,000th in defense. And you know what? For most of the game, they didn't look good. And get and how did USC be? How did USC put up 35 points on that bad Colorado defense? Spectacular plays by their very talented wide receivers. That is it. Close the book. You're done. You did nothing special. You are mediocre. You, I came out of this game, and again, guys, take it for what it's worth. I'm in a bad mood. But you know what? USC puts me in a bad mood because they are mediocre. I have said this whole time, USC is medium. I take it back. Medium is too nice. USC is mediocre, and all the excuses that we make for USC is just letting them off the hook for that. They are mediocre. They play down to the level of their opponent. And then we're supposed to give them credit for fighting out, for, for, for uh, you know, showing some heart late in the game. Show some heart in the first quarter. Show some, some ruthlessness in the first quarter and put a bad opponent away. Don't even let them be in that game. But no, oh, good job, good effort, USC. You came back when you were 10 down against a bad team that you made look much better than they are. And you act like you did something good. You didn't do something good. And then, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm ranting now. And then to have the audacity of USC's head coach coming out at the end of the, in the, in the uh, postgame presser, to have the audacity to say that they knew they were going to have a tough time with a Colorado team that was playing good football. Oh, okay, so apparently USC didn't watch the tape of the last two games that Colorado got their butts handed to them. On a silver platter by teams that are actually decent, not good, not good because the teams that roasted Colorado are not great teams that are in playoff contention. They are. I mean, Oregon's in playoff contention. Oregon is. 
Oregon is good at best. Oregon is good at best. And you know what? USC is going to challenge them next week because Oregon's not that good. So the fact of the matter is, USC is in a mediocre Pac-12 and being mediocre, celebrating wins that Arizona would celebrate. You are not Arizona. You don't get to go in there and say, oh, look at how great we are. We we fought to the bitter end. We showed our heart, all that kind of stuff. No, that's what mediocre teams celebrate. You are mediocre. Stop celebrating it. Be mad that you were even in a position to have to win that game the way you did. Because this is something we talked about on the way in. If this is a one-off game, Pete Carroll always lost the first uh, Pac-12 uh, road game. It was, it was, it, it's difficult. I get it. Being on the road in the Pac-12, it's not, it's not easy. But those were one-offs. One-offs every season. This is not a one-off. This is USC every single week. Being mediocre. And every single week, we're supposed to give them a pass for it. And I'm done. I have reached the end of my rope. And yes, I'm in a bad mood. And that might, tomorrow I might wake up and say, wow, Alicia, you went a little hard there. But you know what? I'm over it. I'm so done. I'm so done. That, that was the most, the, the, the most unenjoyable football game I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> you don't think it's a little extreme? No. It's the truth. I mean, did you watch the Sun Bowl? Did you? I did watch the Sun Bowl. And but this I, was less enjoyable than the Sun Bowl? I bleached that game from my mind. So, I don't care. To be fair. Okay. Well, I didn't expect you to be that spicy. Just I'm sorry. It, I, I, don't, I don't even know how long. I, I have some good points that I can make aside from the fact that this team is is mediocre and... and, and... So let, let's talk about the mediocreness because we were talking in the car before this. Sorry, sorry Keely. Keely. Um, about... I don't think SC's mediocre. I think SC's wildly inconsistent because... Which is mediocre. <laughs> well, Mediocrity is... Inconsistency equals mediocrity as far as I'm concerned. I don't necessarily think so because I think if... if, if the SC's problem is that they're inconsistent from drive to drive. They're inconsistent from game to game. Uh, and so you see a, a... You can see a performance that's really good. You can see a performance that's really bad. I think mediocre mediocrity is con- has a consistency to it. I think that if- you don't think USC has been con- been plenty consistent in their inconsistency. Consistent in their inconsistency, which goes back to what I'm saying. That, but they're consistent in that, which is medio- which is showing that they are this. They are inconsistent. I I think when you average everything out. SC is mediocre, but I don't think that they're mediocre on a weekly basis. That's the problem. Have you? No, I'm saying. I'm saying. Have you not been watching this team for the last 18,000 weeks? No, what I'm saying is you see it in this game. There's drives in this game where they absolutely shred Colorado. The very first drive, that's not a mediocre offense. But then you see a drive where they go three and out and they look terrible. And so, like the problem yeah, is to me, Colorado's defense is all bad. No, I so get it's that. not like I get that, and I get that SC gets no credit for scoring points against Colorado. I hundred percent get that. What I'm saying is, I think to me, mediocrity is just plain blah every single week. I don't think SC plays blah. SC plays. They give you the good and the bad at the same time, and it averages out to gray, but they're not gray. 
And so to, to me, to, to ignore the black and the white is not looking at this team for what it is because this team is this team is is a walking duality like like well, i said at, like at what point does that at what point does that become what you are that, that is what they are they're a walking duality which is mediocre which is medium which if is you average it out but yes like, but that's but that's who you are you are what your average says you are sure like, I, I, I don't know why you're so resistant to the idea no, of just not calling to... this team what it is. No, I'm telling you what this team is. They're good yeah. and bad at the same time. Which is equals me <laughs> mediocre. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Maybe you're more comfortable saying medium. I've, I, 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 don't... I like medium. I think medium is the way to, to describe it because but... there, there's highs and there's lows. And it all balances out to end up being medium at the end. Because uh, you, you see it in this game. I think there's... You know, you can. I, I I agree with you that like SC should not be celebrating wins because they're SC and they're not Arizona and whatever. I I, I get that. At the end of the day, I, I I was telling you this like we like college football. There's only twelve regular season games. There's only so many weeks. If you cannot watch a play like you can't watch that fourth quarter. As a USC fan, and enjoy Michael Pittman scoring that touchdown. Why are you watching games? This is a good question. Like, why are you watching games? Why do you enjoy college football if that doesn't give you some joy? Now, I I get that the game doesn't, as a whole, doesn't have to to give you a a fuzzy feeling. But just to me, I've already you know I got criticism after the Washington game because I don't think people understood my point. I have already resigned to the fact that this team is just medium. Uh, this team needs change, and I'm completely over it. I've been over it. So I think that now, because of that, I think I can look at this and just take things for what they are. And I think if you watch this team for what they are, you can enjoy. Like, that was a hell of a drive at the end of the game. Take that for what it is. That doesn't take away anything else. It doesn't negate that they were in a position they never should have been in. Being down 10 to this Colorado team is absolutely a fireable offense. If they would have lost this game, I think you could have serious conversations about tarmacking and all that stuff. It doesn't negate anything. But both of the th- both of those things can exist. Like This was absolutely asinine that SC was down 10 points. And at the same time, I think... SC is in a situation when their entire season is on the line next week. Everything. Clay Elton's job is on the line. Uh, the Rose Bowl is on the line. The Pac-12 South. Everything that they say is on the line. The SC's chance to go 9-3 and three and follow the Notre Dame method. Everything is on the line next week against Oregon. Just like it was two, uh, three years ago against Washington. Same thing. And so, SC, we talked about it. I, I want to say we talked about it at some point that you know, even though Colorado was bad and you expected SC to have success in this game, the bottom line was you just needed to win. You needed to win and get in and get out, and, and that's it because you have so many injuries and the entire season is on the line next week. SC did that. They did it in the most frustrating of ways possible, but they still did that. And to me, I like. I think this is very easy to sit here as as someone who has been over this for a long time, to just be like, well, that wasn't necessarily you know a, a good game, and there were you know moments where SC you know had you know highlights and plenty of lowlights, but whatever the season is is comes down to next week with Oregon, and 
prove it or don't prove it, and everything is right there. I think my problem is that I don't think there's anything that this, this team can prove to me at this point. Because I don't think that beating Oregon will tell me anything. Well, I think... I, 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 I think, think that winning the Pac-12... too down on Oregon. I think that winning, way too down. winning the Pac-12 won't tell me anything either. Uh, the, like, we know what this team is. We know what they are. So every week that we see them do this and, and we see them pull out a win the same way, it just sort of... If you know what they are, then just stop caring and just enjoy college football for what it is. Well, I like I wish I could do that. I wish I, I think w- it's pretty simple. I I mean I like I, this team has very good players. Like you, you know, I, I I get the frustration and the you know the the this the team black has cloud. very this team has very good players that we have to watch every week flounder. Yeah, but I, I until think, they manage you know what's to gonna happen though. You know, if you have this 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 this. Uh, this complete, you know, ire about this team. I think you lose enjoying Michael Pittman for what he is. He's a hell of a freaking player. SC doesn't deserve him. He like he he showed in that fourth quarter how resilient he is, right? And he he showed like how good of a player he is in the sense that he commits a back-breaking penalty that could have absolutely lost the game with the the offensive pass interference. He comes back on the next drive and wills the team to victory. He grabs them by the scruff of the neck and he takes them into the end zone. They win the game. Even outside of it just being, you know, a, a, a game in which they never should have been down 10 and all that stuff. If you can't sit there and enjoy Michael Pittman for what he is, again, why are you watching the game? Why why do you call yourself a USC fan? That's, that's the way I look at it, right? If you are... If you live and die with the Cardinal in gold, even if you're you're completely over Clay Helton and all that stuff, you, you should be able to still look at it and be like, Michael Pittman's a hell of a player, and if nothing else, it's enjoyable to watch him play. Is it enjoyable to watch him play? It's enjoyable to see him do that in the fourth quarter, but you got to slog through the first three quarters of a bunch of really good players being bad. Yeah, but you know what's going to happen? You... It's easy to say I that ju- now. I, I, no, it's I, easy I to know. say that now, and then he's going to move on to the NFL. Yeah, and then you're gonna you're gonna wish he was still on the team. Yeah, that's what happened. But but I'm gonna wish that the team was good. I mean, I'm like sure, right? And, I, and you know what? Honestly, like I, I'm at the point where like, okay, so good job, Michael Pittman. You're about to save Clay Helton's job. Thanks. I don't have fun in the NFL. I don't think he's about the same Clay Helton. If Helms USC job. wins the Pac-12, they're not getting rid of Clay Helton. And I know this is this is accelerationist talk. I don't think they're going to win the Pac-12. Well, but I don't think they are either. So like, I'm just tired of it. I'm just I'm. So, so, I worry so what's the that alternative? Just not I watch any games. That, the rest I worry of the season is that USC miserable. Play- yes, it's miserable to watch bad football. It's miserable to watch they're, bad football. But the, we're but, watching a lot of bad football. They're watching a lot of bad football, but then there's the, the there's the instances of good, like I'm telling you. Right, but you're still having to watch a lot of bad football. I'll give you that. Like the instances of good don't. I, I they're just not enough for me anymore. They're just not enough. All right. Well, we're gonna talk about more about the good and the bad. Probably mostly the bad, since gloomy Gus over here. <laughs> Is super gloomy. Yep. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're coming right back. And uh, at least he's going to bite my head off again. We'll be right back. 
All right, Alicia, uh, we talked about Michael Pittman a little bit. I want to talk about Keaton Slovis. Uh, on RainerTroy.com, I write a little recap every single week after every game. Uh, it has a little recap portion and then a takeaway and then a player of the game segment. I had Keaton Slovis as my player of the game. I don't know if that's entirely fair. Uh, I, I think Michael it's Pittman not. absolutely deserves all the honors in the world. He does. Um, at the same point, I, I think that there was... And maybe this is grading it on a curve. Sure. It is. Uh, <laughs> let me get to this. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about Keaton Slovis because this game, like he embodied the mediumness of USC, but I think he's a little bit better than medium because what happens is he he showed there were there was great Keaton Slovis in this game and there were struggle bus Keaton Slovis in this game. And what he does, and what he's had this ability, is to end every game, sans the, the, the BYU game, with great Keaton Slovis. And I, I think that there's a lot to get out of that. And if you're sitting there, you know, struggling through this USC season, and you want to look forward, the, the number one takeaway is this team has a hell of a quarterback who's going to grow into an even better quarterback because he was terrible at parts in the third quarter. He was good at parts in the third quarter. He gets to the fourth quarter. There's no reason for him to have any confidence in this game. He he misses Amon Ross St. Brown on like four different crossers, a few of them on third down, uh, wide open, completely misses him. He's like looking like Aaron Corp there for a quick second, right? And then he comes together in that fourth quarter for two drives in which he looks great. And this is after he's fumbled a couple of times, after uh, Jalen McKenzie is out for the game, Liam Jimmins is in there at, at right guard, and SC's getting blitzed right through the A and B gap, and there's no, you know, no protection for him. There are a million reasons for him to be rattled and have no confidence. And on that final drive... He has a hell of a pass to Drake London. He has a hell of a pass to Michael Pittman. And I think that's a quality you don't see in USC quarterbacks. You, you have not never seen that in JT Daniels. You never saw that in Cody Kessler. You never saw that in Mar Matt Barkley. The only quarterbacks I can ever remember who had that resiliency late in games, who had that... I hate talking about it factor because I think it's such a freaking made-up BS thing and i hate myself for doing this but i believe in the it factor like sam darnold had it sure matt leinert had it sure keaton slovis has it like i i hate talking about intangibles that have that have no bearing on it but you look at his numbers in the fourth quarter in his career five games five fourth quarters completing 77 percent of his passes 449 yards, five touchdowns, no picks, a passer rating of 198.26. In the fourth quarter by a true freshman. That is damn good. And so, like, if you're, if you're, if this season is a slog, I get it. But that's a glimmer of hope for the future. Um, Okay. I like Keaton Slovis. I agree with you. I think he has it. And I think that's a really good thing. I think my problem is, is that 
USC's offense got really, really, really lucky in this game. And the difference between the narratives in this game is two moments of complete and utter luck. And you could say, you know, credit to um, Drake London and credit to Keenan Kristen for jumping on the fumbles that Keenan Slovis commits. Right. But the fact of the matter is... Because we fumbles those balls away, we're sitting here and saying Ke- that this... Keaton Keaton looked like a freshman, and this is the BYU game Keaton all over again. Keaton turned the ball blah, 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 over three blah. times. Right. He, it, yeah, the, if, the, if, if those fumbles he, go Colorado's he did, way. He did turn the ball over three times. His teammates bailed him out twice. And that was the... This is where I... This is where I don't... And this isn't about Keaton, because I agree. I, I think Keaton is great, and I think he has a bright future. This is about USC in general and USC's offense. The difference between this game and BYU, both road games against mediocre opponents or bad opponents, the difference is that USC recovered fumbles they had no business recovering, and the difference in BYU was BYU's defensive players made plays. So that was the, so USC wins this game because Colorado doesn't make plays. Well, I don't think either defense made plays. I mean, well, so, th- I, so there's I, I was, my point. We, we were talking about it in the car before we recorded. Sorry, Sorry Keely. Keely. Neither defense made a damn play in this game. Well, the and, USC's and, defense tightens up in the end because that's what a, they are. A little bit, yeah. But uh, neither offense could be stopped. Both offenses stopped themselves. SC had those fumbles. SC, you know, the, the errant passes Penalties. on third down. Penalties, especially on Colorado's side. They ran like that wildcat play, and the first three times they tried to run yeah, it, it was, was all a mess. false start. Well, but again, okay, so can, <laughs> Colorado is not good. So if we're judging USC based on they, you know, Colorado and USC, okay. we're, we're very their defense even. is horrendous. Yes, and USC didn't make their defense look horrendous. Uh, and well, that's a USC mm. problem. There would be one thing if USC just had a bad day. That's not what happened. This is USC. Right. This is not, oh man, they just, they struggled today. This is USC's but constant see, to identity. To me, this goes with the frustration, is that I, when, when SC moved the ball, it looked so easy. Yeah, but... And then and then they don't, and then you're like, well, what happened? Like, you, that last, the first drive of the game, they just completely carved them up. And then, well, you the, know... The, the first drive of the game, Amon Ross St. Brown breaks the tackle. That's it. He breaks a tackle. The first two plays, they gain big yardage. But ultimately, it's a long touchdown run because he breaks a tackle. Sure. Because Colorado's bad. Exactly, which is what I'm saying. Yes. Like, like they made Colorado look bad multiple times, just not consistently, which goes back to my whole thing about the consistency part. Why can't they make Colorado look as bad as they are consistently? Because they, they, they make mistakes themselves. Yes. Uh, because they make mistakes, yeah. yes. The, Why the, do they make those, mistakes? Those two three and outs um, uh, in in the first half. Uh, one of them, Eric Krumenhoek drops a pass. Unacceptable. Uh, another one, uh, there's a blown up run play that goes for a loss, and then you know what happens. That, when that sure happens. sounds familiar. Also unacceptable. Everything just goes down down the drain from there. Another one, uh, Keen Slovis throws behind uh, Tyler Vaughn's on a little slant on third down. Yeah. Uh, and there's a thousand. Okay, and this is the problem. USC's problems come from everywhere, and they're all little. So it's not a, you know, oh, man, we have this big, big problem with this one position. 
No, every single position has. This is the offensive line thing, right? All five guys. One guy is uh, is off. Is not on the same page. On you know cons- consistently, one guy's off, and you then have that stack up a thousand different times, and you end up with USC then being defined by all those mistakes. So a good team will have mistakes in a game, but they'll have a handful of mistakes. USC has three handfuls of mistakes every single game from multiple positions, from their best players, their worst players, from everybody. Keaton Slovis makes a mistake. Michael Pittman makes a mistake. Tyler Vons makes a mistake. Amon Ross St. Brown makes a mistake. Uh, the offensive line makes a mistake. Eric Cromenhoek makes a mistake. The defensive line makes a mistake. The you know the safeties miss a tackle. The linebackers don't pursue well. The DBs leave a man open. The punter shanks a punt. The kicker misses a punt, misses a kick. Everywhere across this lineup, you have mistakes being made because this team is mediocre. <laughs> like this, this team is inconsistent. Yeah. I just, I just like I don't know what else. I I just don't know what else to say. Like I. I it's, and I know we're just going to circle right back to the same argument of like, so then why do you even watch? Well, like, because I watch because I'm stuck in it now. Like, I mean, that, that that's the sad thing. The sad thing is that I don't, the, the sad thing right now is that I have zero hope of USC turning a corner. There was talk after this game of this is the game where you can turn a corner or whatever. I don't think there's any chance that USC turns a corner. I don't think this this is not a corner turning moment. This is not a team that's suddenly going to find itself and go on a run. Any runs that this team goes on will be a direct reflection of their, op- their the opposition more than USC. Is Oregon good enough to not screw up and 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 is Oregon good enough to go into the Coliseum and uh and and get a win? Is Cal good enough to beat USC in Berkeley? Is ASU good enough to beat USC in 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 their home turf to defend their home turf? It'll say more about about the opponent than it does USC at this stage, because we know what USC is. All right, we SC, know exactly what USC is. SC is an inconsistent mess. They're mediocre. Medium. Well, so the and then the, the this is the the other thing that we talked about earlier. I think I think where where my problem is is they're medium, they're mediocre, they're inconsistent, whatever it is. I'm at the point where I sit back and 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 go like, okay, is any of this okay? Is it okay that USC is inconsistent? Is it is it okay that USC is medium? Is it okay that USC is out there celebrating a win over Colorado, a close win over Colorado, the kind of thing that should be routine? Is is that okay? No, it's not okay. So like, I come out of the game just thinking like this isn't okay, this isn't okay. And the worst part about it is that I see from USC's players, from USC's coaches, this is great. That was great. Like, what a great win! What a great football game! And I sit back and go like, okay, so how are? If you guys obviously don't think that this is a problem, then how are you? Then then, then there's nothing to solve. You're, the USC is in a position now where the people in leadership and the people on the team and, and the people everywhere are 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 just happy, content 
and I'm not. Yeah, what, what, I'm not content. So I, I think that's that. All that, I have me, left that, is my anger. That, that's that's a huge problem in the sense that like I I look at everything and just take it for what it is. Um, and you take the high in my in my in my mind. You take the highs and take the lows, take them for what they are, uh, in the context of everything. And I think that looking at it either way, uh, and saying that this is just a terrible team, or saying that oh my god they're so gritty and like you know basically all the talking points that we've seen from Clay Helton after these games, both of those things are just wrong. Like they're 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 wrong, and and it's. It's single-minded because this team is, this team is good. This team is bad at the same time, and it's like, again, I feel like I'm just talking in circles here. But like, so where do where do we go from there, though? This team is good. This team is bad. Like, what? First of all, where do we go from there? I mean, I I am, I am certain that that this is all coming to an end. I, maybe I I'm just maybe I'm just impatient. Maybe I, I'm I like. I mean, maybe. I definitely, mean, I'm impatient. Sure, but like, I don't I don't think Clay Elton's coming back. I think a new AD comes in and sets his or her tone, and so that and that's part of it. Maybe that's just you know maybe See, maybe that's the problem. It's like I don't trust USC to not do the stupid thing at this point. So like every sure. time USC, you know what I think it is. I, and I and I I've I've admitted that I, I understand this sort of accelerationist perspective, but I think if I I wonder if my problem is that every time that USC pulls out one of these wins and has one of those oh great what a great win kind of moment, I feel like it's one step closer to USC doing something really soul suckingly dumb. Whereas you seem to have more confidence that none of this matters. Well, like my fear is it's that it's not necessarily confident. My fear just... is that this does matter. Yeah, I don't think it matters. I hope you're right. I'm not gonna lie, like I, 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 I'm at I the... don't think Clay Helton's coming back because I think that's and where. So I, I, that, that's why it's to me. You just take everything for what it is. Yeah. And and again, this is not for me in a perspective of this is okay. And I know that after the the Washington game, so many people. Uh, got upset with what I was saying in the car cast, thinking that, you know, that I was saying that USC's performance was okay. No, I, I was saying that I had just resigned myself to the fact that this is just what USC is. And so why should I be shocked anymore? There's there's no point. In, if you're shocked and if you're still getting mad and irate about this team, I like then why are you letting yourself get your hopes up? That's I, I don't get it. Because we're all suckers. I guess so. Pretty. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. I got sucked into the idea that USC was going to blow Colorado away the same way that they blew Arizona away, hey, and that was th- and that's th- on me. Didn't I tell that's you that me. it was going to be closer than you expected? Because for all the non-football reasons, I mean, for all the football reasons that USC should not lose, the non-football reasons, the the injuries, the it being on a Friday night, on a short week, were on the road. Uh, it, it's a it's a ideal like Can, trap game because you're looking ahead to or all those things were the reasons that this was not going to be as easy as it, as it seemed and, and that's why I said that you know my prediction was 38-24 and that was the reason why I thought this game would be a little bit closer than a blowout what um what was a bigger factor in this game in the way it played out the injuries or USC's 
road form. The road form, and I think it. Yeah. Was, I think it's the road form. Uh, it's sloppiness, lack of preparation, uh, and I, th- I honestly. But isn't that the biggest indictment? Sure, but I, I think it's really because like, I, I think I injuries think, could have been a perfectly valid reason to explain away this this performance. I think you would be surprised how many teams in this situation struggle in this game. Not, and I'm not giving USC a pass here. But the, the problem at all. is the context. The, the problem is the context because SC has struggled it's not a so one-off. many. Yeah, it's not a one-off. If this was a one-off game, we'd be having a totally different conversation. Yes, because I think that the idea of it being a trap game with Oregon looming next week absolutely plays into the idea that like this is a, a game in which you overlook and all that kind of stuff. But the problem, like we've said over and over again, is like you could you can talk about BYU about how well you know. BYU was Keaton Slovis making his first road start, and, you know, he threw three picks, and aw shucks. Yeah, that argument only stands together if the rest of the season goes flawlessly. Uh, you can only sit there and say, oh, well, the, you know, Matt Fink threw all those picks against Washington, and aw shucks. You can only make that argument if SC doesn't have any other problems throughout the rest of the year uh, to that degree, but they do. Uh, you you can you can really only sit here and say that you know the defense giving up 300 yards at Notre Dame uh, just kind of happens all shucks if they don't repeatedly do those things periodically because it's it's not all a one-off game because this is what they are medium mediocre medium all right here's another question for you did because you have a better vantage point than I do um, on the field for a lot of these things did USC run the ball? Enough? Uh, and mm. did they run the ball the right way? Because to my eye, they were doing a lot of outside running, and I think that was a mistake. I know that the personnel um, dictated it, I, I think it, I but probably need to rewatch. I didn't have any issues with the with the run pass splits. I was surprised to find when I, I looked at the stat I was shocked how many sheet, times they went five wide. I was surprised to find that Keenan Kristen had 14 carries yeah. when I looked they at the stat sheet. They came in bunches, sheet. though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think my issue with the running game... Was that it was too telegraphed? Um, when Eric Kermanhoek came in as the H back, they were going to run the ball, and when they were in five wide with all five wide receivers, it was very obvious it was passed clearly. <laughs> uh, but yeah. like it was, it was completely telegraphed. But Colorado is so bad that it doesn't matter that it's telegraphed in that sense. Like well, it should- obviously mattered because they had to score a late touchdown to win the game. Right, but I'm saying that it shouldn't matter because you should be able. You should have to- just been able to execute. Right. Yeah, and and I think for part, SD gained five hundred and whatever eighty yards, right? So to sit here and say that they didn't execute is asinine. They, they didn't did. execute. No, they didn't. They didn't execute consistently. USC, USC puts up a lot of numbers. You're gonna go back and watch this game, and you're gonna see how easy SC moved the ball. SC had no trouble moving the ball in this team. It was they couldn't finish off drives because they imploded them themselves. Executing. Because they made crucial mistakes. Well, that's that's the that's the difference between a team that executes and teams that doesn't. But they had no problem moving the, the ball. The mistakes are lack of execution. Sure, but I'm, what what I'm saying is that it's not like they had well, trouble moving the ball. It doesn't matter if you move the ball if you can't score. This was right. Stanford's problem a couple of years ago when you, you know, red sure, zone. Sure, but, but like I I think that there's some credence in how many yards SC puts up because it shows you that to me it, it really highlights the mistakes more than anything because it says how much of a backbreaker those things were. Yes. But I don't think you can just sit here and say, ah, they were bad, ah, that's it. Because they, they weren't. 
They were mediocre. Medium, but... Mediocre. All right. Medium or mediocre, you tell us what you think. Uh, phone number, 213-373-1USC, Suckerwoodsburn Show. Email address, reignoftroy at fansite.com. You can follow us on Twitter at reignoftroy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash reignoftroy. All our bonus episodes are over on Patreon, patreon.com slash reignoftroy. I uh, get all of our bonus episodes for 555 10 bucks you get to join our Slack channel. We gotta end this thing because this car just pulled up behind us and it's not been moving for the last 10 minutes and it's really freaking creepy. This is an empty parking lot. There's no reason to park behind us and it's making me a little nervous so we're just gonna shut it off right here. Okay. Pray for us. Car cast problems. Yeah. Alright, see ya. See ya. See ya. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.